I just didn't. And I really hate that I have to say this, but um, I'm sure the Lord would agree with me 150%, but he may word it differently. And I just have to be totally, totally honest with you. I am so tired of the church, I don't know what to do. I'm just being honest with you. There is no real, I, I told you, I spent spent a little bit more time on social media looking at a lot, which I, I normally don't do this. Just looking at a bunch of, you know, uh, Christian church stuff, religious stuff on social media, particularly Instagram. And I realized after looking at this stuff, you know, the algorithms feed you more of what you're looking at. So so if somebody is doing the, the, the Holy Ghost dance, as we call it, um, and you click on a couple of those, it'll feed you more. So I started doing that more and more and more and more and more. And next thing you know, my timeline <laughs> was full of that stuff. Now, let me make myself clear. I'm not hardly saying there's anything wrong with that style of dancing. Don't get me wrong. Okay. What I'm saying, though, is, is that what I noticed in all of the videos is that what you have is one person doing all of their fancy, fancy foot skills. And you have an audience that's doing nothing but watching the person. That is not worship at all. That's a show. So you have this person that's dancing down front. And, and go ahead, Felicia, go in. They're not going anywhere. They're running in slow motion, standing still. I'm just being honest with you. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Because there are some people that when they go into a zone, they go into a zone and that's their style. But what I'm saying, the majority of what's in the body of Christ right now is you look at the videos and the other people are just sitting there. Most of the artists are just sitting there. You have a couple of people down front that they're doing that. Other people are videotaping this. And this is, the Bible says, the worship God in spirit and in truth. That is not how they worship God in heaven. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so we've been a long time coming to try to change that. Let us know if you play instruments because we are getting, we're trying to move towards rolling four to five guitars at the same time in the service. And particularly acoustic, electric, bass, electric, acoustic, those different type of things. We already have um, uh, guitar, cello, all of those things. I'm moving over to a completely different experience. The Bible says to make his praise glorious. And right now, I have to just be totally honest with you. I don't know if you've seen the videos. I'm paying attention to my paying attention. I don't need to pay attention to my time, whatever. I don't know if you've seen a few videos popping up more and more. Um, Donnie Clerkin, there it is, Jesus. Donnie Clerkin made a video. Someone else made a video about what's going on in the church music industry. It's basically the church music industry as a whole not specifically as a whole, is basically really pretty much headed down to the pit. It's just no more. You know, let me tell you something, y'all. Let me tell you the standard for what you call spiritual music. The standard of spiritual music is what you saw in the Old Testament. One man, one man grabbed a set of strings like that, and when he blade, a demon could not stay in a man. That's the standard. Where the type of music that you play the sickness of the cancer, the AIDS, the whatever it is, the depression, it has to leave the person because it cannot stand the music. Now, we have a measure of that. We're just going to increase it. But there's a difference between kingdom music versus church music. Church music is just churchy. It's just religious. And it all sounds the same. The world is very creative. They got all different type of multiple sounds, multiple styles, multiple instruments. The creativity is just ridiculous. And the only time it changes 
is one that goes up an octave. She's going in. No, she's running, standing still. Now, some of, oh, you're just crude. No, but God said worship him in spirit and in truth. And what the church is giving God right now is something called strange fire. They don't recognize the music that's coming. You, uh, you're going to be very appalled when you hear the music in heaven. You're going to realize that there is no music in any category, not one song that was ever created that could compare to the simplest song in heaven. Y'all know who Bono is with YouTube? He had enough, you know, he gave his life to Christ. He had enough to, sense to say. He said, when it comes to Christian music, he said, y'all not even being fair. He said, when you read the book of Psalms, it's full of David complaining about his situation. At the end, he gave God glory. He was complaining about why the sinner's doing better than me. He was complaining about his situation. He was complaining about the fact that he's praying and God hasn't answered him. He was praying about the fact that he has been giving God praise, but nothing has changed. He complained. He talked about situations and circumstances and everything. But then at the end, he said, yet I will still praise God. He said, your songs don't sound like that. They're just religious. And you say, he the devil. Uh, no, he's Jesus' representative. <sighs> I think y'all understand why I don't have a lot of preacher friends. So, so uh, you know, so, the <laughs> so, you know, I had to, there were some things that I was doing and I was just like, and the Lord had to explain to me. Once I got back on top of my game, the Lord said, now that you're back on top of the mountain, let me talk to you about your mindset was wrong in these particular areas. So as a result of that, I slowed things down until you got your mind right. So there are a lot of things that we are going to be doing, and we're going to pull the trigger on that sucker on New Year's weekend. Because I'm not playing. I'm not playing at all, dog. I'm not playing, gang. Okay? So, so let's go ahead through this, this illustrious lesson that the Holy Spirit put together. Colossians 1.12. Always thinking the father he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light now let me say something i'm, I'm just giving you a reminder lesson i want to encourage all of you i started out to say it by this way started to say it this way and i'm, I'm going to go ahead and make sure i say this correctly um yes i am your pastor there is no way I can compete with the Bible. So if you seek more than you seek the Lord, you are severely hurting yourself. I, God has called me to open up doors, speed it up. But y'all, there are some things that I'm tapping into now that, that at when, when you tap into it, it makes you reevaluate your whole life. And you can only tap into that. You can't tap into it with a preacher. You got to tap into it by seeking God yourself. And so I'm really going to encourage you to move more over into that arena of seeking God. I'm going to just give you a reminder tonight. I've been talking about the inheritance, and I just start meditating on that subject. And um, But the Bible makes it clear that we have a joint inheritance with Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance from our Father. And, uh, and it says that he has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Now, let me say something. Most of what they teach you in school about the universe is wrong or substandard at best. Okay, most. Um, almost all of what they teach you in school is, um, they don't, let me say something. The schooling now does not educate you. It informs you. There's a difference. Right now, 
They're just giving you information that they want to force feed down you or your children's throat. Most don't know that, did you know that the original raw definition of education meant to draw out? It means to let you think. It means to create a set of scenarios. What do you believe is the correct answer? That means to draw out. It shifted over to push in. And so as a result of that, a lot of what we are getting in school, you spend 12, 16 years in school being misinformed. And so, and so when you didn't, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that. I'm going to give you an example. It's, so most of what they teach you in school about the universe is wrong or substandard at best. They know nothing about the universe shrouded in darkness. So how could they ever accept that there is another dimension shrouded in light? Y'all got that? Because it says that we are sharing in the inheritance of those who live in what? Light. Okay. They're wrong about darkness. So they would never accept that there is another dimension that is billions of times larger than the universe. It's called the realm of light. They know nothing about how planet Earth was started or when it started. They know nothing about the other planets and other solar systems. They know nothing about the universe and how it started or when it started. And so it's very interesting, you know, the Bible says in the last days men will worship the creation instead of the creator. So that's why you have, think about it, I mean, this big term now, you know, we just, people are actually saying now I want to thank the universe. For what? Universe didn't put no money in your bank account? It's funny, they're giving praise to the universe, but it's actually the laws of faith that were created by Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, the laws of faith that God created work for sinner and saint. <laughs> so when it works for the sinner because they work the law of faith, when it works for them, they're like, oh, this proves that Jesus doesn't exist because I don't serve Jesus, and it worked. So that's why they'll give praise to the universe and become an atheist because they don't know that the, the church is trying to make it seem like these things work for Christians. No, they don't. They work for people who believe it. Y'all do realize that every single person that Jesus healed, every single person that Jesus cast a demon out of, every single person that Jesus did a miracle for wasn't saved and didn't know he was the son of God. They tapped into the law of faith. They saw a man doing miracles and they believed that if he healed those five people, well, maybe he can heal me too. That's the law of faith. Oh, Jesus. Right? So, there's another dimension called light. Y'all with me? Colossians 1 through 3. I'm sorry, Colossians 1 13. Very simple sermon tonight. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Okay, so how many of you know that if you transfer from one type of job to another type of job, you're going to have to learn about that new job. If you transfer from Burger King to McDonald's, you come in the door at McDonald's talking about well, you can have it your way. They're like, no, this is McDonald's. This is not Burger King. How many know if you transfer your citizenship from the United States over to China, 
You got to learn a whole new culture, a whole new language, a whole new food system, a whole new law, everything you got to learn. Over there, they might drive on the left side of the street. Over here, you drive on the right side of the street. If you transfer your citizenship, you got... So how much more do you have to learn when you transfer your eternity to a place that you can't see? Y'all follow me? So, 1 Chronicles 16.11 says, you know about the law of two or three witnesses, so I'm going to show you the same scripture three times. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. How many know that means on a regular basis, all the time, until you die? Seek the Lord and his strength. It didn't say just seek the Lord, which is character. It says also seek his strength, which is power. Some of the denominational churches, they have kind of sought the Lord sometimes with character. More of the Pentecostal churches tend to overly focus on power, but you need both. Character without power will cause you to be a failure in Christ. Power without character <laughs> will cause you to be Lucifer's cousin in Christ. Oh, Lord, I didn't plan on saying all of this stuff. Psalm 105.4, here it is again. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. So the first one said, continually. This one said, do it evermore, always. Matthew 6.33, the one that we're more familiar with, seek ye first the kingdom of God. It says, so above all, above all means above every single area of your life, including your education, which you're being miseducated, you're not being educated. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things that the world is chasing after will be given to you abundantly. So when you are transferred, how many of y'all have been transferred from darkness over into the marvelous light? When you are transferred over into that kingdom, the first rule is we don't do things like the kingdom you came out of. The kingdom you came out of, you chase things. And this kingdom, you chase a person. And if you chase that person and his way of being right correctly, the things that you used to chase in the other room, we'll just give it to you. So the key to getting things is not focusing on things, but focusing on him and his power. Because he said, I'm going to read it again, above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. So that's three scriptures that talk about seeking. This graphic shows the definition of seek. It means to try to, you know, because, you know, you know how many go, you've been to a place and they're telling you to do, telling you just have faith. And you're like, how? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it never explained. So he said, seek. Okay, well, how am I supposed to do that? Because you're telling me to you telling me to look for a kingdom that's invisible, that's in another dimension that I couldn't get to if I could build a rocket ship. You're telling me to seek after that and the power that comes from that place. Yes. I wish I, sh I should have done this for a whole month. So the word seek means to try to discover. To look for, 
Watch this. Ask questions. Lord, who are you? Lord, what does this mean? Lord, this is constant. See, let me tell you something. Everyone should have a piece of paper or journal with a list of questions that you have for God. And then what you need to do is, as he answers those questions, you put a check next to it with the date. So that when you get ready to ask God a question that you think is crazy, you can look at all of the other crazy questions that he answered and realize he's going to continue because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I learned from Bishop Oedipo, God is a question-answering God. But yet, a lot of pastors, you ask them a question, they won't humble themselves and say, sorry, dude, I don't know. If you get the answer, let me know first. They tell you you shouldn't answer questions like that. Well, that's not according to what the scripture says. In the scripture, it says, ask, ask, ask. And then God had the nerve to say in Jeremiah 33, 3, ask me and I will show you things that you don't even know exist. <laughs> so think about that. He's willing to give you answers to things that no one knows exist, but he has a problem with you asking him a question about what's in the Bible. Oh, while little Johnny is acting a fool, while my wife and I getting out along, not getting along, you know, what's the new invention coming out in the future? How do I get behind this? How do I solve this problem at the job? Why is my money not working? How can I double my money? How can I supernaturally get out of debt? That's called seeking. And one of the ways you seek is, what does it say? You got to ask a question. Then guess what you do? You got to require God to give you the answer. You know why? He said, because all of the promises are what? Yes and amen. And he said, ask, and I'll, are y'all following me this morning? You got to search out things. You got to do it frequently. And you got to demand an answer. People in the scripture demanded certain things from Jesus. You remember the woman that had the demon-possessed daughter? And Jesus told her no three times? She was demanding. I don't care nothing about all your deep religion and all that type of stuff about you sent to the Jews first and lost sheep of the house. Of Israel. I don't even know them. <laughs> she demanded, you're going to do this. And listen to what Jesus said. He said, a woman, great is her faith. Be it unto you as you will, not as I will. That's the law of seeking. Y'all, here's the thing about seeking. You don't know what to look for. Think about an Easter egg hunt. An Easter egg hunt. They tell you, we have hidden some things for you. You got to start looking for it. So guess what? If you stand there and say, well, where do I start? You don't know where to start. You just have to start someplace. You can start by saying, you know what? I'm making a goal like we've been doing here. I'm getting closer to the reward system in regards to reading the Bible. You can say, you know what? I'm going to start by reading the Bible through Genesis, through Revelation. Again, if you're new here online, you read four chapters a day, you get through the Bible in a year. Seven to eight chapters a day, you get through the Bible in six months. 12 to 13 chapters a day, you get through the Bible in three months. You start there. And then as you start there, you'll come across questions. And you'll also come across answers of stuff that you were already seeking. Then you can ask God in prayer. Lord, I have a question about this. Sometimes he will answer you immediately. Sometimes he will answer you later. Sometimes he will give you an experience. Just know that when God gives an answer, he answered it in such a way where you'll never have that question again. You understand me? We will all stand before the Lord, and he's going to ask you, let's see how well you sought me out. So it means to try to discover. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, here's the law of seeking if you just start. Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you will discover. That's a promise. And all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Knock, 
and the door will be open for you. Knocking is like is like uh, looking for something. You know, I'm gonna give you an example of knocking. Any of you were ever looking for something and you went on the internet and started looking for it? You went on this site and 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 to see if they had it, they didn't have it. You went on another site, they didn't have it. You went on that's a form of knocking. You're knocking on the door and open to see, do you have uh, any milk? No, I'm going to go to the next door neighbor. Do you have any milk? No, I'm going to go to the next door. See, that's a form of knocking. When you're researching, you're looking for something. The fa I'm going to say this again. The face of our lion, the, the, the lion's face that we use for our ministry is a real lion. That another couple had used for a painting and told me that I was not allowed to use it. They were wrong and they were lying. And, and which is rare for me because, you know, if, if I get up out to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning, you better know it's some serious because I believe in sleeping. You know, it's hard for me to get up. But this night I was restless. I got up, went to the Internet, just start knocking, just looking on stuff, just knocking, okay, knocking, just knocking. Got to a site, and it was just pages of lying. And for some reason, that, it was the Holy Spirit leading me. You know why? Because for some reason when they told me I couldn't use that line, I didn't take no for an answer. And, and I said, I'm going to look for I got up in the middle of the night looking for that line they said I couldn't have. And then on the third page, there was a line sitting there staring right at me. And I thought it was a fake line. It was a real line. That's why if you, next time you see our lion on the website, look very closely, you'll see the shadow of his nose pointed this way. We kept that on there because of a picture of a real line that was taken in the sun in Africa. And the line just happened to pose perfect because the Lord had him, it was modeling for me. You'd be surprised. There's some stuff out there waiting on you right now. But you got to be on the right path or you may not cross it. Knock. Ask and the gift is yours. Seek and you will discover. Knock and the door will be open for you. Watch this. For every persistent one will get what he asked for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. There is nothing that my wife and I have ever sought after that we did not find. Don't always come immediately. But it's, it's my wife and I talk about it all the time. And, and my wife was just letting me know about something today. She's like, man, God is so good. She had a series of things that she needed to happen, series of things she had some questions about, and the Lord answered them, boom, boom, boom. But she had to question a few weeks ago. Sometimes the Lord won't answer you. He'll answer you by letting you run into an individual. Sometimes, the, the, I know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but one time I was praying about, Lord, should I use this particular person in ministry? He didn't answer me. Two months later, the person started acting a fool, and that was my answer. See, you, so he, 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 when, when the answer comes, he's going to do it in such a way where you're going to get the answer. <laughs> but it might not require me to speak. Just wait a minute. And, and there's your answer right there. Yeah, that, that's it, Jesus. I'm not supposed to use that at all. This graphic says, the world seeks rich people, movie stars, and sports figures. You are called to seek a king. The world seeks things. You are called to seek a kingdom. The world looks for everything in the realm of darkness. You are called to look for everything in the kingdom of light. 
The next graphic says, the level, these are secrets, by the way, the level of your seeking will determine what type of people the kingdom will put you in touch with. So if you want to know why the Lord connected me supernaturally to the man with the largest church in the world, it's because I'm not on his level, but I seek God like he does. Neither one of us can stand religion. Both of us have secrets that we haven't shared publicly. See, so your level of, so guess what? If you want to be a carnal Christian, this is going to sound strange. The Lord appoints you to a carnal ministry. If, if you don't want to hear the truth about things, God will send you to a ministry where they don't really tell you the truth about things. And people are like, no. Nah. Remember what the disciples said? They said, Jesus, why are you talking to the, the, to the Pharisees and the scribes? Why are you confusing them on purpose? Confusing them. Why, why are you doing that? He said, oh, I'm doing that on purpose. It's a law. They were like, what? He's like, yeah. He said that, uh, he said, uh, I'm doing it on purpose. He said, uh, they close their heart and they don't want to hear the truth. So I'm being a gentleman and I'm giving them what they want. Since they don't want to hear the truth, I form my words in such a way to give them <laughs> what they want. And that's the scariest thing in the world. And the scariest thing in the world is if you don't want to hear the truth, God won't tell you. So that, that's, a, that's one of the rules about seeking. If you ask God a question and you don't want to hear the truth, he'll be silent until the day you die. Because the only thing God can tell you is the truth. Because the truth makes you free. And you asking him to give you a lie. That puts you in slavery. And God is not in the slavery. He's in the freedom. So if you ask God a question about yourself and you don't want to hear the truth, he'll stay silent on you. Until you're ready to hear the truth. He said, I only chastise those that are love. But if you don't want to hear it, I won't say it. That's why there are some things God will never tell you unless you ask him, including about yourself. I was amazed and appalled when I asked the Lord, how am I? Well, since you're asking. Wing, 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 wing. Sometimes asking is a sign of humility. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all with me? So the level of your seeking will determine what type of people the kingdom will put you in touch with. And remember, seek low-level stuff, expect to meet low-level people. Seek high-level stuff and expect to meet high-level people. And you get the opposite of the type of people you reject. You reject a good man. Well, by spiritual law, you got to get the opposite. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. Next graphic. If your life is not consistent with the framework of the kingdom of God and its way of being right, you are living a fake life and losing your reward. Next graphic says, the kingdom of light is an extremely vast civilization. It requires a lifetime of diligent search in order to find your place. And you won't get it all at once. You'll get it over a lifetime of diligence. See, he said, seek continually, right? Seek forevermore, right? He said, put it above all else, which means then that your answers will not come one time. Your answers are staggered over time based on you obeying that one scripture. He said to do it continually. So if you do it continually for a year, you know, then if you stop after a year, no more answers will come because the other answers that were for you to take you to the top and promote you 
and blow you away. Uh, one of those answers was based on a year and a half. Another one was based on two years. Another one was based on five. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? And so because he said to do it continually, then the things, your promotion, your revelation, your inventions, your millionaire status, your debt freedom, your spouse, your everything is found in you obeying one thing. He said, above all else, seek first the kingdom. Do it continually, do it forevermore, which means the blessings and the answers and everything are staggered. They're not going to show up because you did it one time or one year. They're going to be staggered over a period of time so that. Jesus, as you continually seek, you continually run into the blessings, the revelations, the answers to the mysteries. So then that will then answer the other scripture that says, I'll take you from glory to glory. I'll increase you more and more. Your path will become what? Brighter and brighter. Why? Because you were continuing. And because you continued down that road, you kept running into the checkpoints. How many you know? If you got to drive from here to Michigan, you got to go through Tennessee first. Nobody stops in Tennessee and says, we made it. You understand what I'm saying? Luke 17, 20. These are just scriptures. And when he demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Neither shall they say, look here or there. This is a mysterious statement. He said, check. Did y'all know that behold means check this out? That's literally what that's literally what it means. So when we say, you know, you know, you show somebody, hey man, check this out. When Jesus said, Behold, that's what he was doing. Hey y'all, check this out. Behold, the kingdom of God is in you. What? You know, it's it's so it's a very in, it's not a concept, but I'll call it it's a very interesting revelation. Let's put it that way. How many know the universe is very big? The universe is also very dark. So as big as the universe is, it's shrouded in darkness. Yet the scripture makes it clear that there is another dimension called light. So if in this dimension, when you look into outer space, you see darkness. In this dimension, when you look into outer space, you only see light. You're like, well, what does that look like? I don't know. What does it look like to see just light and no darkness? The Bible says God is light, and in him is no what? Darkness at all. The Bible says that Jesus dwells in light that no man can approach. And it says that the light spoke in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. I looked it up today. Comprehended means that when the light shined, it says the darkness couldn't comprehend it. It literally means that the darkness could not seize it, could not grab it, could not attack it, and make it its own. In other words, you can't do nothing with this sun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's light. It's so funny that God is not a religious figure. Look at how he describes himself. Do you know that the two, I shouldn't say the two main ways, two of the major ways God describes himself is he always announces himself, I'm the general of the army of heaven. That is the one way he announces himself more than any other in scripture as a straight warrior, not a religious figure. Crazy. And the other one is, it says God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. He lives in light that no man can approach. 
So when God says no man has seen or heard or entered into his imagination about heaven, the universe is not it because that's shrouded in darkness. He said, I live in light. So you're, talking, you're not talking about heaven as like a planet. You're talking about another entire dimension that swallows all the space up. I was joking say I think the universe is God's basement because it's dark. I know it's a corny joke, and y'all just look at me strange every time I say it, but <clears throat> says God is light, and then guess what he calls you? Sons of light. We've casted out demons, and they will call, they won't even recall him Jesus. They will call him the firstborn son of light. They won't even refer to him as Jesus. They call him the son of light. And God said, I am light. You are light. It says you are lights in this world. And it says God's clothes. It says that his robe is made out of light. One of the things that you can find in heaven is the food up there is made out of light. Everything up there is made out of light. When you get over into quantum physics, everything in this planet is actually made out of everything. Everything is made out of the same stuff. Oh, Father. Who got pencils out? Good. Y'all gonna have to start taking notes in December. Who had, grab a piece of paper right quick. I haven't done it. Now, if you see me do this experiment before, don't, don't you ain't got to worry about it. You're like, he's tricking y'all. He's tricking y'all. Okay. But just use your imagination. If you have a piece of paper, because it's not going to work on an iPad or a phone. Some of you at home, you got to grab a pencil or particularly a pen and a piece of paper. You got a pen, right? This is going to mess you up, Bishop Ricky. You might not never come to this church again after this. Some of y'all just sitting there like, mm, mm, mm. Remember I told you all of the stuff is made of the same stuff? Okay. Now, on that piece of paper, right quick, draw a circle. This might go viral. Who knows? Draw a circle and then draw a square and then draw a triangle. Somebody looking like, where is he going with this? What deep revelation haveth he? You can use your imagination. You don't have to have a pen. What's the first image? What's the second image? What's the third image? Wrong, that's ink. So when the scripture says faith is the substance of everything. See, as long as you have ink, you can draw any image. That's, ooh, I'm going deep. This is, I'm taking you to the bottom of the ocean. This is why the Bible says everything in this planet is fake. And it will soon disappear and fade away. Because all of the stuff that you see is just an image of faith that's shaped a particular way to produce an image. And as long as you got ink, all things are possible to draw on that piece of paper. As long as you got ink, you can draw a dinosaur with a Bible in his left hand preaching and eating a Burger King sandwich in his right hand. Flying on top of an airplane. Could you not draw that? Why? Because you got ink. So that's what it means by all things are possible when it comes to faith. As long as you got faith, you can make anything appear, disappear. So this is the key to why Jesus was able to walk on the water. How did the water become cement? Because the water and the cement are made of the same stuff. In the invisible realm, they rearranged it, and it became. When he told him, throw down your nets on the right side of the ship, the water became fish. But behind the scenes, you think faith is religious. It's not. It's energy that produces images. And the images are so strong, you think they're real. I'm back. Let's come back off the bottom floor before I go too deep. Y'all follow me? That's why Jesus, you know, 
the occult has taken this over. That's why they're getting results. They're learning this. Faith is not religious. If a man shall believe that what he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. He didn't say if it was good or bad, righteous or evil. That is how the sinners can tap into it. Now, they can't fool no demons. And there's just certain miracles they can't do. Y'all, okay. Y'all do remember that when Moses showed up and was doing miracles, what did the magicians do? They said, dude, you late. We've been doing that. Watch this. How did Moses' rod, when he threw it down, become a snake? And then when he picked it up, it became a rod. Because the rod and the snake are made out of the same stuff in the invisible realm. All they do is rearrange it, and then it produces a different image, even though it's a solid image. Y'all got me? So that's why the Bible says, why do you think the scripture in Hebrews, it says, we know that by this faith, the whole, this, this, is this not the Bible? The whole world was what? Framed. So that what you are looking at is not made up of things that you can see. And everything sits on a frame. You know why your chair is shaped that way? Because of the frame. But you can't see the frame. You know why your car is shaped that way versus my truck that's shaped another way? The frame. Your house sits on a frame, but you can't see the frame. The image appears, and you can put the image on top of the frame. So all things are possible as long as, as, as you know how to shape frames. How do I shape frames? With belief in the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and hold to it. And don't change. That's why when the man, well, I'm flowing now. That's why when the man told Jesus, I need you to come to my house because my daughter is getting ready to die. Okay, he said, but this is, what, watch what, this is what he framed. He framed the healing. He said, if I see you, come and lay hands on her. That was the frame. She will be healed. And you remember when the woman with the issue of blood, she was framing the moment I touch his clothes. It doesn't make sense. That you can touch a man's clothes and you get healed. She didn't say if I touch him. She said if I touch the what? Hem of his garment. She framed her healing. So she, when she touched, what happened? It manifested. It became reality. But it held Jesus up because he made the mistake of asking her to give her testimony. <laughs> she says, well, I first want to give thanks to the God who is the head of my life. <laughs> While he's talking to the woman, you got to go back and read this. When he's talking to the woman, it says the master servant came and said, hey, don't trouble Jesus any further. Um, he said, oh, this is so good. This is a word for somebody. He said, don't trouble the master any further because now your daughter has died. As soon as the servant said that, Jesus turned to the man and says, be careful. He said, what did he say? He said, don't doubt, only believe. Don't change your, you already framed it. Don't change your words now. Only believe. Only believe what? What you said the first time. You framed that if I touch her, she will be healed. It don't matter if she's alive or dead. That's what you framed. Don't change the frame because when I get there, nothing can happen. Because I can only do what your words framed. And that's what the Bible says. Faith is the substance of everything. Yeah, title D2. But when it's talking about, when you talk, it says faith is the substance of, think about that for a moment. Faith is the substance of everything. So the chair you're sitting in is made out of it. 
The building that you're in is made out of it. The car you drive is made out of it. The television, the phone, the iPad, your shoes, your glasses. Otherwise, it it, you got to take that scripture of the Bible. Faith is the substance of everything, which lets you know it's not religious. It's a scientific power. That is the root and the framework for everything that you see. And it's just so hard. It's so hard to drive something that God says technically doesn't exist. Then he said it another way. He said, that's why we told you the whole planet is a shadow. See, let me tell you something. God is so powerful. God is so powerful. You can have a relationship with and interact with things that are technically fake. And you'll think it's real. When you study the Bible, you know, it was it's the invisible stuff. I mean, the man, his axe fell to the bottom of the river and the man cut off a stick. See, you ever notice that God was always having people do crazy stuff, strange stuff? Yeah, these were actually higher level formulas to shape stuff behind the scene to make stuff happen. So, I hope I'm not losing y'all. See, when the man went over the see, when the man went over there and, and cut the branch uh, and then just threw the stick on the water, it that there was a it was in the invisible realm, it was he was shaping something and ah, let me just stop. I'm starting to confuse myself now, Jesus. This is Because I didn't study this, I just threw that in there. But look at it. And watch this. Hadn't I told, if I would not have told you that, you would draw images for the rest of your life. Oh, I don't even know if we're having a prayer service tonight, because sometimes I'm going to just keep on going with this, because just, okay. So, so I had you draw ink, and it produced an image. Which one is real, the image or the ink? I don't just roll with this. Are y'all following me for a second? These are the laws of faith. Which one is more real, the image or the ink? Now, you want to hear something so deep about the image? You called it a circle, but it is, is it really a circle, or are you calling it what somebody told you to call it? So when the scripture says, call those things that be not as though they... Jesus, are y'all following me tonight? So you got to see, if you're not seeking, you won't be able to put all of these puzzle pieces together. If you're not seeking, see, if you're seeking, the Lord will say, okay, bypass all of the religious stuff that you heard. I'm going to teach you some stuff, son. I'm going to teach you. Why, why is it that everybody in the Bible was doing this stuff? It was never religious. They're just doing stuff that we still haven't caught up with. Jesus is walking on water for what? Wait for a boat. He's just multiplying fish and loaves. That stuff is not religious. We made it religious. That stuff is not religious. That stuff is scientific. This man's sitting up here holding a fish and a loaf of bread. And every time they come back to him, it's another loaf and a piece of bread. And another loaf and a piece of bread. And it just keeps on multiplying until everybody is fed with 12 baskets left over. And 12 is the number of foundation. Second time it was seven left over. And that's perfection. So they're just doing stuff. They're just, God is just beyond amazing. So again, let's go back to this image. I mean, I, I can tell the Holy Spirit is having me go this way. Yes, we, it might be, we had three hours of prayer today, so I'm going to just swallow this. So I had you use the ink, right? With ink, you can produce any image. And the ink produced a circle. Then it, and all you did was reshape the ink. It produced a square. Then you reshaped the ink, and it produced a triangle. 
So as long as you know how to reshape the ink, you can produce any image. And as long as you know how to use the laws of faith, you can make... I mean, I want y'all to think about this. See, when Jesus, oh God, he walks up. This is the tree today, Jesus. This is the tree. I'm trying to, see, because I'm, I'm telling y'all, when, 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 when January is here, we're just going to leave the whole planet behind. Well, not all of them. I can't catch up with my father yet. But you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hot on his heels. Jesus and the disciples are walking. And Jesus walks up to a tree. And it says that he looked for some figs. He looked for some figs and there were none. Y'all remember that scripture? If you don't remember, just follow the story. We can prove to you that it's really in there. He's walking, and as he's walking, he happens to seize a tree. The Lord, his father didn't tell him, thus saith the Lord, go walk to a tree. You know, no, he, he, he happened to see a tree. And he looked for figs. Now, you want know the deep part? The Bible says that there were no figs on the tree because it was wintertime. Did y'all read that? It said there were not supposed to be any figs on the tree. So, so, so what, what, what Jesus is trying to demonstrate here is that faith is not based on common sense. It's a, it's a law. It's a rule. It don't matter if you, it don't matter if you bought the house. Yeah, it doesn't. It, faith. I see. I was taught wrong about this. I was taught wrong about this. I was taught well. If you, if, if, if what you bought was a little bit too much than what you can afford, then why would God? Because it ain't got up to, nothing to do with God. It's a law. The law of faith works whether you right or wrong. It works whether you made a mistake or not. Y'all understanding me? I mean, I'm starting to get mad at my own self. Let me just, he looks at the tree and he says, I curse you. And from now on, since you, watch this, since you don't have figs at the wrong time, nobody will ever have figs on you at the right time. That don't even make no sense, y'all. And he walked off. He just stand there. Why don't you do it? Oh, yeah. He did it about Shonda. Yeah. All this stuff that we did. The dude walked off because he believed what he said was going to come to pass. And since I believe it, I don't need to double check next year to see if you're growing anything. Came to church the wrong day, son. Now, here's the killer part. It says the next day. So now, oh God. So now this lets you know that faith does not obey the normal laws of nature. Because a tree, if you pull it up by the roots, it'll be months before you can tell this thing is dead. But the next day, they walk past the tree. Let me go over here. They were headed in the back. Watch this. They headed back, and Jesus didn't even look at the tree. He looked at it because the disciples said, wait, Lord, wait, wait, wait. He said, what is it? They said, the tree that you cursed, it withered away, completely dead. And one day, as they say, Jesus said, I wasn't surprised. And, 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 and then watch this. Jesus did not say, well, yeah, this is the type of stuff that you can do. You know, so, but just be careful because I am the son of God. And I can do these things quite easily and quite readily. So y'all might, might want to practice on a leaf first before you deal with a whole tree. He didn't do that. He said, that impress you? See that mountain? See, preachers preach.
preaching this stuff religiously. He said, if you know how to frame this stuff correctly, he said, you can make that sucker move and get up in the air and move into the sea. And then he added this. Nothing shall be impossible to you. And a few of them took that seriously. So you had Peter said, I remember what the Lord said. You remember in the book of Acts? It says his shadow was here. How is your shadow healing people? This is what's in the Bible. But we don't preach the Bible. We preach won't he do it. And God is like, no, we already done done it, as they say. We waiting on you to do it. And it's been so watered down that if you preach this, people are like, I know this is true, but it's so much doubt and unbelief in me. Faith is a law. Show me the comment. I'm going to just roll with this for a second. Apparently, this is the message today. I'm going to just roll with this. This is a law. You worried about whether or not God can pay your half off. Y'all ready for something? Are y'all ready for something? I'm going to say something that's going to rock your religious heart. Now, don't go out there and do stupid stuff. But, you know, there are some people that teach, oh, you should never borrow money to buy a car. That's dumb. Bible says you can lend and whatever. People always trying to put you in bondage. Oh, she's fine. He's fine. I couldn't tell. Um, but 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 if you if you exercise faith to get cash to buy a car or you buy a car that you can't afford and you exercise faith to be paid off afterwards, Faith ain't asking you no questions about which one you should, you should have done. It says, where you at? What you want me to do? Because it doesn't, see, if people always talk, see, that's how I grew up with this common sense gospel. It ain't nothing common sense about salvation or the Bible. It ain't nothing common sense about God or the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the down payment for your eternity. Explain the common sense in that. So, this is all faith. Jesus walked on the water, did he not? Let me ask you a question. Does that make sense? Could he not have just waited on a boat? You do realize the man made boats for a living before he became a minister, right? You do realize that that was their transportation across the water. What are all, them all of them fishermen, you couldn't wait till the morning? No, that makes sense. I don't do stuff that makes sense. I do what I want. The man prayed for nine hours straight and then went and walked on the water in the storm. Okay, so, so if you go back and read the story about him multiplying the fish and the loaves, um, <laughs> the disciples said first, in one scenario they said, should we go ahead and send the people to town to get something to eat? How many know that makes sense? Jesus doesn't do stuff that makes sense. He said, what for? He said, they might get too tired and start fainting. And then he gave an instruction, make them sit down in 50s. Sat them down, and he said, has anybody got any food here? And then one of the disciples said, well, there's a little boy here with some food, but what are we going to do with that? Jesus said everything. It doesn't make sense to sit up there. And f f you got to remember, the Bible says it was how many men? 5,000 men. And back then, families were large. You got 5,000 women, you got about 7,000 women. And back then, if you got 7,000 women, you had about 10,000 children. You know what I'm saying? It was an honor to have a big family. The bigger, the better back then. So you're talking about a good minimum, 20,000 people out here. I want you to think about what it takes for you to hold a piece of bread. And a fish. And, and it just multiplies the feet. That doesn't make any common sense. Y'all know my favorite one? How many of you know that if you're having a party and y'all got wine at the party and they already drank up the wine, 
How I many know common sense does not say, you know, if you got the money, uh, don't go and buy no more wine. Give these people some water, some juice, something to water down all of this foolishness. Because they, they drink up the wine already and the party ain't over. Mm -hmm. Mary comes to Jesus. They don't have no more wine. <laughs> what did Jesus say? What that got to do with me? He said, my time to do miracles has not yet come. And Mary didn't even answer him. She told the servants, um, he's getting ready to do it. So whatever he tells you to do, follow his instructions because he's getting ready to frame from stuff. Can anybody in this room justify the common sense of using the power of God to turn water into wine so a party can keep on going? Where is the common sense in that? Now, if I'm trying to help y'all, apparently the Holy Ghost wants to help y'all because you've been faithful. He's giving y'all some answers tonight. Okay, but but I want you to if you if you present this scenario to the average Christian and sinner, which one do you think God will do? Pay off a car that you weren't supposed to buy or turn water into wine so that the party can keep on going? How many of you know? Until you heard my illustrious sermon, I think I'm going to go with Exhibit A. I don't think Jesus, the Holy Ghost, nobody is going to turn one substance into another substance. Drink water. Faith don't have no limitations. It doesn't think it's big or small. It doesn't think it's too little or it's too extreme. It doesn't base it on time. It doesn't base it on how long you were wrong and how, how, how long you've been right. It doesn't base it on the amount. It doesn't base it on, watch this, the rules of society. My favorite is faith don't care nothing about what your pastor said. It don't care nothing about your religious grandmama who think it shouldn't be done that way. That's the powerful thing about faith. And that's why you have so many people who they were in the process of faith, like blind Bartimaeus, he hollering out the Lord. What are the people? Oh, what do all the religious people following Jesus say? Shut up! He said, no, I'm going to scream more. That's one cool thing about faith. It's between you and God alone. It don't matter what other church folks think. Uh, prophets and pastors and apostles and deacons who have coffee with Jesus every day. They be cracking me up. I've been on the battlefield a long time. So how many things have you killed? A tree has been on the battlefield a long time too. It ain't doing nothing. Anyway. Bible says God has created us for what? Signs and wonders. Just always remember this. That's, that's incorrect. I was about to say something the Holy Spirit said wrong. And you know what I was about to say? I'm going to give you an example how this works. I was about to say, y'all remember when the prophet told Gehazi to go lay that staff? You know, I was about to say that the power of God doesn't work in the hands of carnal, but that's not quite true. Again, go back to Moses. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about God. God made this man do wonders with a stick. See, and it's usually the insignificant things. Nobody would think that a man who had a stick was about to do anything. You know, we go back and read this. This is very mysterious. You go back and read it. God actually gave him two instructions. He said, Moses, now let's practice before you go do this live. Before I move to Moses, because we, we're not, we, we didn't pray it enough. We good. We about to drop this bomb, okay? 
Okay, but before we go back to Moses and remind me if I forget about Moses, because there's so much stuff swirling through my head. Uh, how many of you know, and I'm going to use Ebonics, that you ain't supposed to be practicing walking on the water? Now, when you go back and read the story, you got to read the story from three different accounts. Matthew sometimes will give his account. Luke will give his side of the story. John will give his side. So you got to read all three sides. All three sides are, the, this is the story. Jesus told the disciples, go to the other side. I'm going to go pray. When you read the whole story, Jesus pray, went into the mountains and prayed for nine hours. The disciples, it took them nine miles, nine hours to row four miles. The sea was eight miles across. Took them not so the same amount of time. This is a principle the same amount of time that Jesus was praying, they were working and weren't getting nowhere. And the one who was spent time in prayer put God first, he then caught up with the ones who worked all day instead of spent some time in prayer. That's why he was able to catch up with the ones who he thought had a head start in the flesh. But the Bible says he walked on the water, and when you go back and read it, it says that he walked on the water and was intending to go by them. That's what the scripture says. And it says, they saw him walking on the water. Ah, it's a spirit. Jesus said, calm down. It's just me. And watch this. Jesus said, is you? Yes. Listen to the strange question. This is practice. Nobody's going to save, healed, delivered. None of this. This is practice. Which lets you know that God is not going to use you faith, use, let you use faith just so you can have a testimony. See, we get religious. Well, God is going to do this so that I can share it with the saints. God is going to do this so I can know. He's going to do it because you believed. No other reason. Listen to Peter's head. If it's you, tell me to come on the water. That's a strange statement. I mean, if one of y'all come knocking on my door, hey, it's such, such, such. I'm not going to say, well, if it's you, tell me to do something. I'm going to say, if it's you, oh, what's your address? What's the name of my church? Where am I going this weekend? You know what I'm saying? You're going to ask. No, you're going to tell. But see, this is what Peter is thinking. Okay. How? This is what Peter's thinking. Okay. Now, the Lord and Savior that I know always lets us do whatever he can do. Uh, so you preached and you told us to go preach. You baptized. You told us to go baptize. You cast out demons, told us to do it. You laid hands on the sick, told us to do it. You raised the dead, told us to do it. So the character is whatever you do, you empower us to do. So if it's you, stay the same and tell me to do what you're doing right now. Come. And man walks on the water. See, Peter already believed he could do it. He just wanted to make sure that Jesus was okay with it. That's why I said, if it's you, he didn't say, could I come? He said, if it's you, tell me to come. He would already believe. And so, so, so that, see, the, that, that invisible force called faith, it is designed to respond to your heart, mind, and words. The Bible says, by it, Jesus created the whole planet. How did Jesus, how did God create the planet? Let there be what? light let there be sons let there be when you read genesis it says let there be 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 okay and then at the end it says god saw that it was good but all he saw was what he had been saying all along that's why the bible talks about being careful with what you if you could just learn how, let me tell you something. If you could just, if you could just learn how to go home, write down what you want.
Don't be asking God for no spaceship. You ain't going nowhere. You can go home and just write down everything that you want to happen. If you can just write down all of the questions that you have about life. Pray over the whole thing one time and every day. Give God thanks that it's done and continue to seek the kingdom. The devil's job is to get you off of that because that's the law of faith. Okay, so Peter walked in the water, walked right up to Jesus, but it says right when he got in front of Jesus, he looked over and saw the wind blowing. He got distracted. See, what was going on is, is that he walked on the water by inner vision. He lost his ability to walk on the water by outer vision. Because the Bible says faith is of the heart. The ability to see that you have this. The ability to see that you can do this. The ability to see that you can create this. The ability to see that you can get out of this situation. That's what my wife would tell you. You're not going to find my husband in a situation that he can't get out of. I can get out of almost anything. Because what I see, I never panic. Because I can see, I know I can get out. Okay. So he saw himself walking on the water. So he already believed. So the water had already changed into cement. He just needed to make sure that Jesus was okay with this. Is this the will of God for me to do what I see on the inside? And Jesus said, sure, you can practice. Come on. And then he got up to Jesus, and he changed from what he saw on the inside to the circumstances around him called bad news. Here's the deep part. The wind didn't start when he got up to Jesus. It was the same wind that made them roll for nine hours and didn't go nowhere. So faith works whether the sun is shining or a tornado is down the street. I'm trying to get you to see. <laughs> I hope y'all catching this tonight. Y'all got that? And it, it, now, to, to show you how simple it is and how easy it is, Jesus gets mad. <laughs> like he said in, uh, in Matrix, everybody fall the first time. And yeah, I must not, you know. I remember those quotes. He said, are you with me? And, 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 and gee, now watch it. It says that, Pete, can I go deeper for a second? Let's pretend that in order for him to walk on the water in the invisible realm, he had to complete a circle. Y'all follow me. Circle is completed. Once it's completed, framework changes. Water turns to cement. He can walk on the water. When you go back and read that, it says he began to sink. It didn't say he sank. It said he began to sink. Why? Look at the, remember, this is the circle. It's completed, right? The moment he started turning from within and look at his circumstances, he started getting afraid. And as the fear came in, the circle in the invisible realm started doing like this. And because the circle was doing like this, he started to sink at the exact same. Jesus grabbed him by the hand. And his first statement was not, hey, I understand. It's your first time walking on water. These things are a little deeper. I did come from heaven, and I know how these things work. So I'm not mad at you. He didn't tell you none of that, did he? He had no compassion on the boy. He said, why'd you doubt? Man, come on. I'm, man, I'm preaching to myself. How many of you know we can do this all day? We can do this all day. It's Captain America. I can do this all day. Yeah, now y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Now. I'm watching Marvel movies too much. 
How many know? Those are just the, just the ones I brought up. We can walk through every single scripture, and none of them make sense. God told Moses, okay, now, you get, you've been in the desert for 40 years with a stick, fooling around with sheep, making sure they eat grass and water. Now, I've called you to do the most important thing in the planet. I'm about to run you up against the most greatest military might in planet Earth to free three million people. That's not going to believe you. He said, Lord, before I get to Pharaoh, how can I convince my people? He said, well, do two things. He said, get before him. He said, he said, now let's practice first. This doesn't make any sense. He said, see that rod? Mm-hmm. Throw it on the ground. He said, turn to a snake. He said, now pick it up by the tail. He said that when he threw it down, I think he said that he backed up because he was afraid of it. He said, now pick it up by the tail, turn back into a rod. He said, now let's do, a, let's do another one. He said, see your hand? He said, yes. He said, now put it into your, he, pull, he said, pull it out. And it was leprous. See, that's how easy it is to get healed. Sickness is the invisible realm rearranged wrong. He said, put it back in. So, so watch this. When he put it in the first time, God did this. Okay, turn it from a circle into a square. Now pull it out. And it produced sickness. He said, now put it back in. Then in the invisible realm, God turned it from a circle, a square back to a circle. Okay, now pull it back out. And it was whole again. It's the invisible realm that makes everything look a particular way. And how you make that manifest is through your words. Because your words are what frame everything. The same way that the Bible says it is through faith that God framed the entire planet. How did he frame it? He said, let there be. Call those things that be not as though they existed. Why? Because everything doesn't exist. But everything does exist. It's all based on how you work with faith. You understand what I'm saying? And then you know the story. Here's the deep part. It's a law. And so that's why when he rolled up on Egypt the first time, they said, dude, you late. We already knew about that stuff. Now, Okay, this is the last one. Y'all ready to go home? Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't ask that question. I'm, I'm pretty much reading the Bible for y'all. You go back and read the story. <laughs> it said Moses went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, I'm not letting the people go. Who are you, fool? So he, Moses said, voila, watch this. Shazam, bam. Said the rod turned into a snake. And the musicians laughed. <laughs> That's it. Dude, we was doing this before you was born. And so, hand me my rod. They threw their rods down. Boom, they all turned into snakes. Here was the first sign of your de de demise. It says that Aaron's rod, or Moses' rod, swallowed up all their snakes. Now, I want you to imagine, this takes a little bit of time. Are y'all following me? This is taking a little bit of time to watch your rod that turned into a snake and their rods that turned into a snake and your snake. Everybody sits there and watches your snake eat snake number one and then snake number two and then snake number three. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, Mo said, Pharaoh said, bye. Mo said, I'll be back like the Terminator. Came back, and you know the story. Says he did the snake. Magicians did the same thing. I'm going somewhere with this. He did the blood. Said the magicians did the same thing. Then he did the frogs. And magicians, they did the same thing. When it got to, I believe, the fourth miracle, Moses did it. It says the magicians tried to do it but couldn't. But listen to what they said. 
They didn't say that it couldn't be done. You go back and read it. It says this was stopped by the hand of God. So they could have kept up with Moses all the way to the firstborn. But God put his hand there and would not let the law of faith work for them. That's why they said they didn't say we don't know what we're doing. They didn't say that he's above our pay grade now. They didn't say that he's in the deeper stuff that we don't know about. They said we can't do it because this is now the hand of God. Y'all follow me? See, there are some levels of faith when it comes to darkness where God will stop the law from working called the Tower of Babel. Men who were in faith in total agreement as one and they were building it. God, how many of you know God is not against satellite buildings? skyscrapers and stuff like that no they were building something else it was a portal and listen to what god said listen to what he said he said we got to go down there and stop this you realize how what level you on when god has to come stop you they said we got to stop this because the people are as one and then this, this lets you know how faith works with your imagination he said if they do this he said nothing that they imagine will be kept back this is god speaking See, so unfortunately for you to tap into that level, you're pretty much going to have to disregard everybody, your family, sinners, pretty much all about air Christ, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate to say that, but we're just talking a good game. You know, when I'm trying not to really rebuke people, I put myself in the mix. You know, we're we just talking. You know, God is going to do it. And and then think about it, you know, in games. I'm going to let you go in a second here. Yeah, you, you lay hands on people and you push them down on the floor. See, and while you were shouting, what are you doing? You're doing all that. I was one in the back row. Now I'm going to see if this person get up healed. Because if it's enough power to knock them down, how, how come they got back up limping? If this is enough power to knock them down, how come it wasn't enough power to drive the cancer out? That's how I think. And that's why in the Bible, you don't ever see Jesus push somebody down. Not once do you see it in the Bible, Old Testament or New. Only time you see it is when the army came to get them. And Jesus said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus. He said, I am. And the whole army fell back to the ground. Okay? That's real power. But see, the guys, they ain't about to do that. They ain't about to just come and, in the name of Jesus, I speak. You're going to be like, Wonderful. You start, I'm not saying that there are people, even in our services, you lay hands on them and bam, they go out. I'm talking about you trying to press past the supernatural to look spectacular so that people think you have some power that you don't have. Because the last time I checked, Bishop Ricky, the Bible says believers would lay hands on the sick, not pastors. You see how far gone this is? Okay. And that's for some of the people that's living right. We even got to the people that's half-stepping. So, as I close, oh, I'm sorry. Let me just finish reading these scriptures and then we out. I done got off into another land, another planet. I'm gone. How many of y'all were blessed by that, though? See, see, that's how God chastises you. No, do you know one of the main reasons God was upset at people? Because they wouldn't operate this way. The children of Israel stayed in the wilderness for 40 years for one reason. And God was frustrated with them. He said, you do realize I brought y'all out of Egypt with many signs and wonders. 
He said, you do realize that I made manna drop down from heaven. And the scripture says that when they ate the manna, it says that when they died 40 years later, nobody died sick and their clothes never wore out. He said, you do realize this is really crazy. When you go back and read it, the people were thirsty. And, and God told Moses, go over there and tap that rock. And water came out of a rock to feed 3 million people. Where was the water coming from? The ink. Oh, I know I'm losing some of y'all, but some of y'all right at the bottom of with me. I can hold my breath longer than you can, son. Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has made everything beautiful in his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I don't even know what that means. Deuteronomy 29.29. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one, but we are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Proverbs 25, 2. It is God's privilege to conceal things, but it's the king's privilege to discover them. How many kings do I have in here? Proverbs 25, 2. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. It was that scripture that gave me the revelation of the inheritance. I had read about the inheritance, but I didn't have a revelation of it. It wasn't until I started asking questions about the inheritance that he showed me that if you add up all of the planets in the universe, it wouldn't compare to one thing that God gives you in heaven. Because every aspect of the inheritance, the Bible says, is priceless. Then, then the, and you know what's interesting? He didn't give me all three revelations at one moment. He gave them to me, one, and because I looked at it more, he gave it to me next week. Then I looked at it more, he gave it to me a following week. So the second week was the one he gave. The second week, he kind of gave me the revelation of what it means. And the fade away became last. The inheritance that lasts forever. I only have one more scripture out there, so this is where we close. You need to hear this more and more so you can get into your mind why God is telling you to seek. An inheritance that lasts forever. I give you my inheritance, and it's $1 million. What do you do? You go buy a Range Rover, costs $100,000. How much money do you have left over? 900000 Why? Because an inheritance in planet Earth, it doesn't last forever. It only lasts, it lasts based on how you spend it. You go buy a Rolls Royce for two hundred and fifty grand. You know what I'm saying? You, you, the inheritance, but, but, but now your inheritance is not money, but if you can convert it to money, imagine God giving you a million dollars. You go spend 500,000 of it, and then the next morning it's at a million dollars. That's how the inheritance in heaven works. That's why it says it lasts forever. Think about it. God gives you a million dollars. You go spend a million dollars on Monday. You check the account on Tuesday. It's a million dollars. Then on Tuesday, you go buy a home for $500,000, and you buy another Rolls Royce, and then you go check the account on Wednesday, and it's a million dollars. Then on Wednesday, you decide to fund somebody's business and give them $600,000. When you check your account on Thursday, it's a million dollars. That's what it means by an inheritance that does not ever, it lasts forever. Y'all got me? Final one is fade away. It says it's an inheritance that never fades. The Holy Spirit just gave me this example. Imagine if you buy a brand new car, hey, and how many know if you buy a brand new car, the car is already fading away. You know what I'm saying? 
They might come out with a new style. You're like, man, I wish I had waited a year to get this. So your car is fading away. Eventually, when you first buy the car, ooh, this is so wonderful. You're going to get in. It smells good, etc. You know, after about 10 years, it's time to trade this in. Why? Because it fades away. Imagine God giving you your favorite car, but it never fades. But see, let me correct your thinking, though. This is what you think. You, God gave you the car in 1970. So let's say that you put it in the garage for 20 years. You open up the garage. What you're thinking is, is that the car from 1970 never faded. It looks brand new. Wrong. It means that when you open up the garage 20 years later, your car is now a 2090. I mean, uh, 1990. Are y'all following me? So imagine buying one car, but it always stays new. So when they change it, as soon as they're done with the blueprint, your car becomes that because it never fades. Y'all follow me? It takes seeking the Lord for him to show you how this stuff works. And then he says, make sure you get your full inheritance. Uh, yes, doc. I'll be working on that. Full. He said, I didn't pay for 99 cents. I paid for you to have it all. This is crazy. Did anybody in here do anything to deserve all of this? This shows you how much love is in your father's heart. James 1.17, every good gifts, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. I just put that in there. I have one more scripture, I'm done. I just put that in there because it's so important for you to address your father a particular way. And that's one of the things he said about himself is, I am the father of light. Anything that has to do with light. Now, unlike Satan, he said he's the father of lies. God is the, God is the father of light. He calls his children light. Jesus is the firstborn son of light. He said, I dwell and live in light that's seven times brighter than the noonday sun. Nobody can approach that type of light. He said, and when I... This is another thing. Did you know that when you speak the word of God out of your mouth, that's a form of light? Watch this. Because God is light, everything in the Bible is a form of light. I don't know what to do. That's darkness. Now, when you don't know what to do, you said, Father, I thank you for showing me what to do. That's light. Hey. Yeah, I'm just always sick. Flu season is coming. That's darkness. You ain't got a cool scripture. I don't care what season it is. I'm staying healed, period. I don't care if y'all got the Ebola virus, a new COVID-19, 25, 35 to the square root power. I don't care what comes. That ain't got nothing to do with me. A thousand to fall by one side, 10,000 by the other. Ain't got a thing to do with me. That's light. Talking arrogantly about anything that's negative is actually a form of light. Jesus said, y'all are from beneath. I'm from above. Light. Satan, you can't do nothing with me. Light. This plane can't go down while I'm on it. Like, get to be scripture. It's just words that line up with scripture. So when it comes to darkness, any form of arrogance against darkness is light. So when I tell Satan, he will always need more men. Light. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 12. In the words of Ebonics, then we'll be out. In those days when you pray, I will listen. 
I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Look at that next sentence. I will be found by you, says the Lord. In other words, you can't find me. I'm just going to let you find me because you obeyed seeking because nobody can find the Lord. Nobody can find out what's in heaven, but he told you to look for it. Always remember this. Everything God asks you to seek, you can't find. But because you seek, they'll reveal it to you. I will gather you. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Everyone say amen. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. As we say in the words of Captain America, we could do this all day. I took you back and up. <laughs> we ended up doing some submarine stuff today, haven't we? We've done some Aquaman. But the point of the matter is, is that go home today. See, there will be times when because we've been faithful to pray, the Lord will interrupt that and speak. You see that in the scripture all the time. God is not going to just let you keep on praying, 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 and not do nothing. Then you'll get discouraged about prayer. That's why I'm changing some things. Everybody needs to simply go home. And it's very simple. The Bible says don't be moved away from the simplicity in Christ. It's simple. Everyone get a journal, something, and you need to write down what you want 2023 to look like. Period. Okay? If, you, if you're in debt, write down all of your bills. All of them. Sickness and disease, I'm healed. Okay? Marriage. Write down what you want your marriage to be. If you're single, you want to be married, write down what type of man you want, what type of woman you want. The list goes on and on and on and on. Now, you write those things down you, and, and, and make sure you write down every single detail of what you want. God is never, God is offended that you won't ask for everything. He said, if I gave you Jesus, how much more will I not with him freely give you how much? All things. So God is interested in you having all things. So you, and I'm showing you how to do it. You write down every single thing that you want in life. Lord, I've never been on vacation. I'd like to go to Hawaii. Write it down. My wife did that. I was working nine, making $9 an hour. I couldn't afford to take nobody to Hawaii. But she wrote it down. Pray. You want to know how it happened? I'm working at the cell phone company, making $9 an hour, right? A man from church that I didn't have know comes into town, came back from out of town, came in the cell phone store. I thought he wanted to buy a cell phone. He said, no, I don't want to buy a cell phone. He said, I just got back in town. He said, I was driving past the store. He said, and I like entered into a vision. And the Lord told me to take you and your wife to Hawaii. You worried about saving up money to go. Sometimes you just need to ask God and wait. He'll bless you with the money, an opportunity, a free cruise, something. And in that particular case, I didn't even know my wife was asking. Because I didn't. I'm sitting up here. Yeah, see, I'm walking in power. And the fool, your wife was asking. And she wasn't going to ask you. She wasn't going to ask you. You ain't got no money to take her down the street to a Burger King. Let alone to Hawaii. So the Lord had to speak to another rich man and enter him into a vision. He comes up to the store. And didn't take us once, didn't take us twice. Took us thrice, as the Bible says. Write it down. The Lord don't need your help. He don't need your little tired money. We're going to save for three years. No, you're not. Write it down. Everything. Every detail. Every experience you would like to have. Write it down. And then write down all your questions. Then you pray over everything one time. The Bible says when you do this, believe you, believe you receive it and you shall have it. 
If you believe you receive it, you ain't got to pray over it every day. All you got to do is thank God for it every single day. So you write everything down in my need to every single thing. And yes, you can add to the list. And I'm going to end this with one little testimony and then we're out when I'm done. You write, put every single minute detail on the list. And then after you write it all down and you pray for it, Father, this is what I want. Then you start thanking them every day. And what now what you do is you focus on the kingdom of God and being right. Staying in the word. Learning how to pray, studying subjects, dreams, visions, working on your character above anything. Jesus, I don't know how to get to know you, but would you show me how to get to know you? Man, and then mysteriously, you start getting to know him. Don't be religious crazy. My wife's Buick. Um, I exercise faith for that exact vehicle in black. This is where I close. In black. But then when I was on the street, I saw one in charcoal gray. Some of y'all know the story, some of you don't. And because of my religious mindset, guess what I did? In my heart, I said, man, I really want that charcoal gray. But I already wrote down the black. Like God is offended because you changed your mind. You just get religiously stupid. All you got to do is just change it from charcoal. But in your mind, it's like, well, I wrote down black, and God was already working on it. If I change it to charcoal gray, it's going to take him another six months to work on it. And the angels are like, what is man that you are so mindful of this stupid fool? So guess what I did? I left down the black. But in my heart, I wanted the charcoal gray. But I left down the black. So when we went to the dealership, um, we needed a third row bench because we had six kids. So we went to the dealership, and I was going to trade in one car and keep the other. The Lord gave my wife a vision, said, nope, flip that. Trade in this car, the one that you were going to keep, and keep the one that you were going to trade in. It's interesting. So, um, and the Lord was directing my wife. She said she saw this tall African-American man with a bald head towering over here. So it was a tall man that helped her. Never forget this. I said, you know, well, we need um, a black enclave and has to have a third row seat. He said, oh, he said, that's going to take you about two or three months. He said, that's a special order. They do not make that vehicle with two bench seats. He said, never happens, and I've never seen it, okay? And so I think my wife said, well, could you just double check for us just in case? He's like, fine, I'm telling you, I've never seen it. So he said, I'll search around and everything. So we drove home. And he called us when we got home. He said, um, something mysterious has happened here. He said, um, he said, well, he said, this is crazy. He said, he said, we do have a, an enclave and, and it does have a bench seat. He said, there's only one in the state. He said, it's right down the street. He said, there's only one problem. I said, what's that? He said, it's charcoal gray. And the words of Shambach, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Y'all remember Shambach? He throw that leg out there like that. Y'all got to look up Shambach. Shambach was crazy. That's, what, that's called mercy. That boy has exercise of faith, but God was saying he's just religiously stupid. So give the boy what's in his heart, not what's coming out of his mouth. Don't give him what he wrote. Give him what he's carrying. This is crazy, ain't it? It's the law of faith. It's very simple. It is so simple, though. Satan is going to try to trick you out of it. He's going to start when you get in the car.
but that is very simple. You just hold on to it every day. You, Father, I thank you. I thank you. And then what you want to do is you want to use your imagination and see yourself with it. See yourself there. See yourself driving it. See yourself acting crazy when it's paid off. And you do that all. And I'm telling you, if your car is smoking up the intersection, you're not driving that car. You ain't got to put a bumper sticker on your car that says my other car was a such, such, such. You know, no, hold that. You know what? I know that this is a little old car, but I'm driving my dream car right now. You got to pretend you hold that in your imagination. And one thing is that Satan is going to fight for your mind and your mouth. Because something will happen. I guarantee you. Something's going to happen that's going to shake you. Because what happens is when you exercise faith this way, something will happen where the situation gets worse. And it's the same situation as when the man's daughter died. Jesus said, what they got to do with anything? Don't change nothing because it got worse. Hold on to what you said. Y'all got me? All righty. This was good. Wish I had been taught this years ago. But that's okay. Hey, it doesn't matter what I was or wasn't I taught. I'm just happy that I'm saved. Amen. <laughs> so, that's what you want to do. And when you stand before the Lord, he's going to show you what you could have done. He's going to show you. That's how divine intelligence came to Ben Carson. He knew what could be done, so he kept holding it in his heart. And the Lord gave him a vision, showed him how to separate those Siamese twins. Nobody else on the planet could do it. African-American man in the United States was the first one that did it because nobody else. It wasn't because of his race. It was because of what he was holding on to in the invisible realm. I can do it. So, see, there are some things that you just don't let go of in your heart, and it's a form of seeking and knocking. They told you no, but, Lord, I know that. You're not, you're not even saying nothing out of your mouth, but in your heart you're like, I know this is, I know it's an answer. I know there's a way to get this done. And the technology at the turn of the century, that's how they kept creating cars. There's one particular car, I can't remember, it's the automatic transition or the carburetor, and, and, and the Ford kept coming to the engineers, you need to create this. He went to them three times. They said, sir, it can't be done. He said, don't tell me what can't be done. He said, all things are possible. This is the engineers. See, sometimes you got to have more faith than the experts. Sometimes you got to convince the individuals that's making the thing for you. And it'll be your faith <laughs> that gives them the wisdom to do it. They came to him three times and said, it's impossible. Don't tell me what's impossible. He said, don't come out of the laboratory until it's done. And he came out of the laboratory the fourth time and it was done. All things are possible. And it's a very scary thing to see Jesus curse a tree in the wintertime. That didn't make any sense. One pastor tree didn't look at it. And the disciples brought it to his attention. That ain't nothing. He said, you can move that building if you want to. Insignificant, like this ain't nothing. So if God believes that you can walk on water, if God believes that you can move a mountain into the sea, I'm pretty sure that he believes in you when it comes to you exercising faith to get your household in order. Y'all understand what I'm saying? All right, I'm done. Let's go ahead and stand. Just... I encourage you to do this when you get home. Write your list and read Hebrews chapter... 11, faithful way. Read it from the New Living Translation. Read Hebrews chapter 11. We've nicknamed it the Faith Hall of Fame. <laughs> and no bishops and no apostles are in that list. It's so, it's so terrible. It's all regular people that God wanted you to know 
who raised people from the dead by faith. It says that they took on kingdoms by faith. This is an invisible force that empowers you to win. Y'all remember Moses in the wilderness? When his hands were lifted, the army was winning. When his hands went down, the army was losing. You're like, is that much power in his hands? It was the invisible realm. I want you, I know I said I was, I just got, I want you to think about this. Y'all remember that stripper? It says when Moses' hands were up, the army won, right? When his hands were down, the army started to lose. And what came up on the army when his hands were down? That's how I read the Bible. Because let's say that you got 30,000 men out there fighting. So now there's something invisible that is influencing 30,000 men. His hands are up and something is influencing them to win. His hands go down and what influencing them to win, it dies. And now they start losing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. That's why it calls it the mystery of faith. It's very mysterious how it works. It doesn't make any sense. You just got to use it. I'm ready to work on some stuff. 2023, and it's the number three, two. We're going to see what's up in 2023. But I ain't waiting until 2023. I'm getting my life in 2022. But my wife and I practice this. <sighs> just one more. Please, just one more. The house that we live in is very mysterious. Some of you have been to my house, seen the neighborhood that we live in, and we wrote that down. And I'll never forget this. We wrote it down, five-bedroom home, two garage, and a cul-de-sac. That's what we wrote down. And I'll never forget this. We were living, we were renting a house when we moved to Atlanta, and the guy was going to sell it, so we had to move into an apartment. So watch that. What you wrote down, not only are you not moving there, you're moving to an apartment. Like it's something wrong with an apartment. But you know, when you got a house, you don't want to move into an apartment. And I'll never forget this. Getting ready to move out the house, and I was walking towards the door, and it was green. And the Holy Spirit said, don't look for anything for a year. I heard that just as clear. Walked right in the house. Holy Spirit said, we're going to move in this apartment. He said, don't look for nothing for a year. This is a good way to go out. After a year, kind of looked. Really wasn't finding nothing. Then my niece calls my wife and say, hey, the subdivision that I'm in, they have one more house left. So my wife checked it out. Just so happened we had got our tax return. And I told my wife, seriously, just set aside this certain amount of money. I think it was like $3,000. said, just set aside the rest. You can do whatever you want. She goes to the house and it's exactly what we have on our piece of paper. To the T. It's not cul-de-sac. The Lord gave me a whole park in front of the house. You know, he strengthened it, widened it. Okay. And uh, the mysterious thing, though, was is that, number one, you're like, oh, wow, look at God, because, you know, they, uh, they asked for $3,000 for a deposit to hold it. We happen to have that. You're like, man, look at the Lord for a moment. The mysterious side is anybody that's been to my neighborhood would tell you that I pretty much have the prime spot in the neighborhood. There's a park in front of my house problem is is that when we got the house the whole subdivision had been done for seven years and the neighbor to my right had been there for seven years and the neighbor to my left had already been there for seven years but that prime spot there was no house it was a piece of dirt with orange cones and barricades 
because for some reason, nobody could get that spot. They buy it, cancel. Buy it, for seven years, the best spot. Buy it, cancel. Buy it, cancel. Why? It was reserved for what a man wrote down. But here's the mysterious thing. Y'all remember when the Lord told me to not even look for a year? The house was already sitting there. So why, why didn't he open the door for me to go in immediately? Why did I have to wait for a year and a half? And the thing just sitting there. What was for me was sitting there, but I still had to wait another year and a half. That's the truly mysterious part. I don't know why. Find out when I get to heaven. But that literally scared me because everybody in the neighborhood was confused. They said nobody could ever, for seven years, the best spot, driveway, everything. They said nobody could get this house. And both of my neighbors had been there for seven years. Every, all of the houses had been there. Full, neighborhood full. And that one spot, just a piece of dirt, nobody could even build. When we show up, the permit had already been pulled. All we had to do was pick out every color, cabinet, floor, roof color, blinds, appliances, upgraded everything. See, but, but what, what, what the devil does is, your item is a little too big. Don't be that specific. It'll be hard for God to do it. No, it'll be hard for God to do it if you're not specific. You see? And if you're not in the Word, seeking the Lord and trying to understand this and go by what it says, not by what they told you. You know who they is. Everybody else in the planet who tried to talk you out of stuff because they can't manifest nothing. You'd be surprised. Some of us, you know, I know people, I got people in here, you just moved into a new house this year. Who's to say it can't be paid off in two months? Well, you know, I got a 30-year mortgage, but what that have to do with faith? Faith does not respect a 30-year mortgage. Faith does not respect a 20-year mortgage, a 10-year mortgage. Faith does not respect if you did something stupid and got a 100-year mortgage. It only respects what you believe. You understand me? Go ahead and lift your hand.